1: Hello and welcome to The Parting Shot, your dose of everything pop culture. I'm H. Alan Scott. When did you first become aware of Carrie Russell? If you're a child of the 90s or the early aughts, then it's probably from the WB teen drama series Felicity. While the show only lasted a couple of seasons, it inspired a cult fan base, particularly for one moment. When she cut off all her curly hair, she went from super wild curly hair to super short, and it blew everyone's minds. The moment dominated the early aughts in a way that still seems crazy to me to this day. Not only to me too, also to Carrie Russell. She tells me that on today's episode of The Parting Shot. Now, our chat isn't all about that, because that would be weird. You see, since that moment, Carrie Russell has become one of Hollywood's most compelling and unique actresses, seamlessly blending not only from film to TV, but also from style to style. Like, she's just as comfortable in a weird little film like Cocaine Bear as she is in a high-stakes drama like The Americans, which earned Russell multiple Emmy nominations. She's even in a Star Wars movie, which, like... Krat's crazy. Good for her. She's done everything. And now she has a new show out called The Diplomat. The Netflix series follows Russell as Kate Weiler, a young diplomat who, by a weird turn of events, gets named ambassador to the United Kingdom. Now, I went in expecting, like, a high drama. You know what I mean? Serious. International. Carrie Russell in a dark room saying big words about international diplomacy. Well, she definitely uses big words, but as you'll hear in our chat, The show is a bit saucy. You know, it's a drama, sure, but it's also funny and it's quirky and it's weird. It's legit a perfect combo. So go on, grab a snack, because I'll be right back with Carrie Russell.
0: CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Hello, how are you doing?
0: Good, how are you?
1: I'm doing wonderful. It's a pleasure to meet you
0: nice to meet you as well
1: yeah so much fun i have to say i was surprised by the show i watched last night and i was expecting because it's called the diplomat so i was expecting like and it's dramatic don't get me wrong but i was expecting like drama you know what i mean like carrie russell she drops down in london and she like ditches bombs and stuff like i was expecting drama and it's a bit saucy it's a bit saucy
0: it's a bit, it's a bit saucy and it's a bit fun and spammy. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, did you, did you respond to that tone? Like, was that something that excited you about the show?
0: Totally. I mean, I think, um, you know, I, I I definitely wasn't looking to take on another series. We had, yeah. I had a great run on the Americans and I felt yeah. fine with leaving it at that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's good to go out on top. And, um, <laughs> but, you know. I read it and I just couldn't stop thinking about it. Deborah, like the swirl of that specific kind of politics, the world of that, um, the drama of politics, the absurdity of that kind of politics, the pomp and circumstance mixed in with a complicated marriage, a competitive marriage, uh, Mm -hmm. dealing with a husband that's like that in the middle of trying to like do your best. And um and then, you know, I don't know exactly what episodes you've seen, but like excessive sweating and yeah. nervousness and spazziness. And yeah, mm-hmm. I, I just I thought, oh, fuck, I think I have to do this. Like, I can't stop thinking <laughs> about it. And it made absolutely no sense in my life. I mean, Matthew, who was my partner, yeah. was working away and I was holding down the fort with the kids. And then I was in charge of moving house in a few months. And Deborah was like, well, we were shooting in London and I was like, I, I can't do anything that you're saying. Like I <laughs> if that makes sense with my life. And and then I was like, I've gotta do it. So against all odds, I was just like, I'm doing it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you did because it is like I was actually really pleased by how like saucy it was. Because I like that's what I love and I it's so clear that Deborah is the is created this show because the tone is so everything she's done from West Wing to Grey's Anatomy, like you hear it. I mean, you see it, of course, but you hear it in the dialogue. It's so clear that there's this, like, you know, we're yeah, we're talking about dramatic things, but we're also talking about like sweating. And do I smell? You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> it's like it's so relatable. How do you find that balance in acting with going from dramatic to sort of like almost absurd sometimes, you know?
0: Absolutely. I I mean I think. Like any show, it takes a beat to find exactly what that tone is going to be. And it also, it's so chemistry, you know, mm-hmm. depending on who you're working with, who the director is. And, you know, all those little pieces have to sort of sift in together and create this big soup. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't for whatever reason. And um it, I will say it took a second for us to figure out what the tone was going to be. Yeah. Like what you're going to push forward and what you're going to pull back on. And um, but that is so Deborah. Like she yeah. is so total package. She is so mm-hmm. smart. She's so warm. She's so funny and capable. Like she is all of those things. Mm-hmm. And um, and that is I, I just think I, I don't think she could write something that is super serious without a joke in it. Like mm-hmm. that's just the nature of who she is. Um, yeah you know, there's a episode all about like it, w- my entire episode is about like this chair that's too big for me to sit in and mm-hmm. how I'm having these really deep talks. I've never had like, that
1: problem, by the way, I've never had that problem.
0: <laughs> <I was laughs> with <world laughs> leaders, And this chair, like me trying to like, cause I'm this a small girl. Yeah. Um, she, she's awesome. She's, yeah. So yes, I love it. And I think real life is that tone. And, um and that's, kind of why I couldn't say no to it
1: well and that's kind of what I love about it is that there is this element of uh, like even just in the first episode when you're preparing for this like photo shoot with British Vogue even though you're like the ambassador to England like it doesn't make sense for you to do this but yet you need to do it and you're trying to like navigate this dress and this hair and all of these things while at the same time like dealing with like someone bombing something somewhere like even though it's not real life I feel like the jokes like if I'm getting ready for a funeral or something you know what I mean like I'm gonna crack a joke that day probably
0: you know of course yeah and people like completely falling apart through you know she's in this complicated position in her marriage that's like this whole other crazy thing and the other fun thing to play with in this is you know when you're an ambassador at this level, like, you know, there are certain Tony ambassador jobs. Paris would be one, Rome, London. You usually get chosen because you're a big donor to a presidential campaign. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's usually you get those uh, positions. And I think that's the fun to play with, is this character, you know, is one of the worker ambassadors. She's supposed to be in Afghanistan or Libya or, you know, Beirut. And so to go from that, and speaking other languages and doing real what they she considers real humanitarian work and to go with living in a house with servants yeah. and butlers yeah. and people you know like watching you and yeah. that that's part of the fun of it like you know mm-hmm. being plucked from you know the middle east to go and like host tea parties and talk <laughs> yeah. to stylists and stuff is is part of the joke and the fun
1: yeah. And it's also, I mean, what I love about the whole, like the UK elements of it is kind of like a third character in a way. Like, you know, there's, there's, you're the lead, of course, and there's the other characters, but British culture in general is a character in a way.
0: Absolutely. From the big stately homes to yeah. legitimately like butlers who yeah. live in houses like that. Yeah. But people have that, like to Americans, so I think. We're like, wait, I don't understand. What's this? He, he lives here. He wait. He wears that every day. It's like Tuesday, at 10 a.m. What's happening? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, what do you think it is about UK culture that makes when you're telling an American in the UK there's such like a fish out of water experience, which is so weird because we speak the same language. It does. You know, do you see that?
0: Of course, of yeah. course. There's such a there's such a cultural divide, and um, I mean, we're we're like crazy pioneer Western people, cowboys, like, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I grew up mostly in the West. So, you know, Arizona and Colorado and places mm-hmm. like that, like kind of big open sky places. And I remember even the difference of, I didn't grow up with like a ton of money. We weren't going to like fancy things ever, I guess. But, um, you know, even moving to New York and just getting that much closer to UK, I remember the first time as like a teenager in my young twenties, seeing, boys wear like khaki pants and thinking yeah. like what are those pants everyone are, are wearing like because I didn't and then you go to the UK and it's it's like it goes Everywhere. up a level it's even fancier
1: yeah it's so There's, wild
0: there is just a cultural I guess they're that much closer to Europe too and
1: I feel like when French people come to the UK it's not so foreign it's just like oh yeah we're still kind of in Europe but when Americans go to the UK it's like what's going on <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, you can't wear shorts in that restaurant, Americans. Yeah,
1: I know. I walked into this uh, Mason and Fordham, Fordham and Mason in, yes. in the UK. Ones, yes, yes. And I I mean, I dress like like Diane Keaton. So like I was wearing like a big body, like a black bodysuit and stuff. And I walked in and the looks that I got from these people <laughs> in in Absolutely. my in my combat boots and my big black bodies. It was absurd. They needed, but on it. The best. They needed it. They needed it.
0: Yes, also, <laughs> I will give it. Like you know, if we're as um, buttoned up and you know, stayed in their ways as as some of that culture is, and we do have a lot of fun with that. London has a pretty fun, yeah. wild scene. You know, it's not all pomp and circumstance, but that is absolutely one of the characters of the show. And there's definitely you know, uh, like location porn kind of. That, yeah. You know, they they play all of that the big yeah. beautiful. We actually went to Oswalds for a full month to shoot at this other big oh. stately house. Yeah. Wow. So um, yeah, that's part of it. I think, and Deborah has said many times that doing these hour shows is, is a grind. I mean, they're so great. I love the format for storytelling and have really enjoyed my experience, but there are so many times it's like, I think her story in particular was she was in um, Morocco at a night shoot you know, in this like sketchy, weird area, like five in the morning and going, mm. wow, hmm, this could be in like England during the day in a beautiful. <laughs> and, and then, that, so that's literally how we ended up here. The diplomat, oh, She's like, I don't so... want let's shoot somewhere nice. Yay. It doesn't have to yeah. be at night. Yeah. yeah it's so not... much
1: nicer. It's so much more civilized. Um, One of the things that I also love is that your characters are always, so different from from Cocaine Bear. To, I mean, I have a question about that, but Cocaine Bear to like to so many different shows from the Americans, so many different things. But how do you respond to a character like this? Like, how do you find her? Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I You know, I am my my guy is like a really serious actor. Like he's, mm-hmm. you know, German accents and shit. You know what I mean? At the drop <laughs> of a hat. You know what I mean? He's legit. And I am not like that. I think um I think I have to read something and have like an immediate instinctual like thing like where I get it. I understand it. That's just so I can't do everything. I, I, I have a limited amount I can do and I kind of go, Oh, I know what that is. That's funny to me, you know? Yeah. But I have yeah. to I have to get the joke. I'm I'm not one of those people who goes, I am gonna play a Russian drug addict and I'm gonna get the accent wrong. <laughs> And I'm going to shave my head, you know, that, I, I know my limitations. And yeah. I think um, there's just something about this character that I got immediately. And probably this is closer to who I am in my spazziness than like a sly, like cougar walking Elizabeth Jennings from the Americans.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what's so great, too, is that like the Americans was so iconic and and sort of game changing in terms of scripted dramatic television. And to go from the Americans to this, you really are hitting every base of sort of like intergovernmental spy situations. Like you're doing it all. If you could choose one place to either be a spy or a diplomat in the world, where would you choose?
0: A oh, brother, like for real life. No. Um, I'm gonna say um, rubber. Uh, you know. <laughs> in truth i do have sort of a um interest in i think a lot of people do like in that war journalism kind of uh, mm. world which this in some ways satisfies a bit of that i think I, i've always been drawn to that I, I watch those documentaries i read those books so i think in my like when I'm imagining like myself as something way cooler than I am, I I think it would be like awesome to be like a Christian. i poor, you know what I mean? Oh, or, yeah. Um, but I also like to go meet my girlfriends and get wasted at lunch at fancy yeah. restaurants. So um, yeah,
1: that's more my speed. It. That's more my speed. I yeah. feel like I'd be, I feel like I'd be a great diplomat in like, not quite Paris. Cause that's a little too bougie. I'd probably go for Berlin. Cause I feel like they'd go crazy.
0: <laughs> totally. In, Berlin would be great. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're like oh, Absolutely. Like, and they don't sad. care if you
1: get fat either. Like they're just like, eat the food, drink the drinks, have fun.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Paris think, way too worried about like wearing something glamorous yeah. and cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't need that. I don't need that. <laughs> well, <laughs> I only have two more questions for you and I have to ask you about cocaine bear because it's like at the beginning of the year, the film Megan kind of took over gay Twitter in a way that like became, yeah. yes, it became that moment. Cocaine replaced Megan as gay Twitter's favorite new thing. I have to admit that. Like, I have to. It is. It is.
0: Oh, my God. Amazing. I did not know this.
1: (laughs) Oh, well, don't get on Twitter because there's lots of other evil things there. But there's that part's fun. That part at least is fun. But what about Cocaine Bear? Why do you think it resonated with so many different people in such a fun way? But then also, how amazing is Margot Martindale? Because, I mean, come on.
0: So literally, my answer was going to be Margot Martindale. That's my answer to kind of everything. I'm not kidding. And this is seriously what happened. Banks, Elizabeth Banks, texted me. But it was the middle of COVID. I mean, everything was so fucking depressing and hard. And, you know, and she pitched this to me. And I was like, what? Because we were talking about this completely other, very serious, interesting project. And then Margo Martindale texted me. And what she said is in her text, are you doing this fucking movie? And I said, "Are you doing this movie?" And I was like, "What?" I was like, "Oh, now I'm definitely doing this movie." If Margot is playing, because Margot and I talked about boozing it up at the bar, like Margot and I.
1: <laughs> oh, I want to be at that I, bar. Wow,
0: you do? You do. Margot is the best thing going. Seriously, everywhere she goes, she's like the belle of the ball in like her <laughs> own amazing, unique way and um she's the mvp of that movie her doing crazy shit.
1: yeah i mean that's what we all want
0: that's all anyone wants but i i think the movie just because it was just the hit at the right time the world is so hard i mean yeah we don't need at least since COVID, and that's part of the diplomat too i just feel like i've been way more drawn to the light Mm -hmm. the lighter stuff kind of something brighter and that has a little bit of that fun in it because you know the world is crazy town right now
1: yeah we need more of it we definitely do well my last question for you is one of my favorite moments in pop culture Mm -hmm. history like hands down and i live by pop culture is how the world imploded when you cut your hair for felicity like isn't it crazy do you recognize how and people must still talk to you about it because i am but like are you shocked that people cared that much and are you surprised at how You literally have a place in the Smithsonian of pop culture moments because of a haircut.
0: (laughs) It's so stupid. You know what's amazing to me still? Yes, it is amazing. Yes, people still talk to me about it. Um, Everyone, like from girls who were my age back then, girls who had curly hair. I mean, so many people still talk to me about it. Um, What's amazing is, you know, we were on the WB. It's not like we had this huge audience okay like literally 200 people watch the show it wasn't like we were on NBC or you know back then it was the network shows Mm -hmm. we were this little show that yeah the people who watched it liked it it was a sweet little something Mm -hmm. but that is the marvel to me that like you don't care about my fucking hair you don't even watch the show you don't even know (laughs) what it's about and I still stand by it that that's what was so amazing was jj and matt called me over the summer in between season one and season two and said would you consider cutting your hair and for a storyline and i said yeah of course I would. like every college girl does that they cut their hair when they yeah. break up with a boyfriend they get some terrible haircut and they hate it for a year and that's part of being a teenager or college yeah. age it's like epitome of like what you do my girlfriend alana miller she did it we were like oh what did you do <laughs> and um, so I did it. They cut it on the show, and people were still like, oh, my God, she went and cut her hair. I was like, I am way too much of a goody two-shoes to do something so punk rock. Like, I would never <laughs> cut my hair. Like, anyway. And so I still love it. I, I think it was awesome for the character. And she got yeah. even, like, weirder, you know. She wasn't supposed to be, like, super pretty or, yeah. you know, that wasn't her...
1: I mean, it's wild. It's wild. I love those moments that become the, and we all remember it. Like we remember where we were when you cut your hair, which is the stupidest thing in the world.
0: It's so stupid, but I guess it's just maybe because my hair was so big and curly and maybe there weren't a lot of big curly hair girls around.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But it definitely, it definitely hit a nerve. I loved it. I loved it. I was very much team you. I was like, cut the hair girl. Like, do you. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it.
0: I appreciate you. Thank you very much.
1: Are you still freaked out about how freaked out people got about Carrie Russell's hair? Cause it's still, it's still, I just, I don't understand. I mean, it was, she had beautiful hair, but still it's just a haircut. People come on. Hey, thanks for listening to newsweek's parting shot. I really do appreciate it. If you could leave a little rating and review, wherever you listen to this podcast, that would mean so much to me. And it really does help the show. For the latest news and podcasts, head to newsweek.com and follow Newsweek on all the social platforms. And while you're there, go on and subscribe to Newsweek's For the Culture newsletter. It comes from me. It's fun. It's all pop culture y, and it's like not necessarily hard news, which sometimes you just need a break from hard news. You know what I mean? Until then, watch something fun and have a great day.